A podcast is a very delicate time. Know then that it is the year 2020, March the 13th. District chiropractor and retired biology teacher, Frank Lickner, my father, is enjoying his retirement, constructing fences for flower gardens, avoiding children, and undertaking his own podcast, an idea brought to him by his own son, me, the welder and laborer Harrison Lickner. They sit each week, surrounded by many dogs, and watch movies, and then speak into microphones for half an hour, and pretend that this is contributing somehow to society. Oh yes, I forgot to tell you. The film they have viewed this week is a box office bomb. The only film David Lynch views as a personal failure. An insane undertaking of an adaptation of a messianic science fiction novel from 1968. The movie is Dune. Also known as Dune. Pretend I didn't even make it to associates. Harry? Let's let's Yeah. Some people are just cool without that. <laughs> you don't need that. No, I don't, and I am still not cool. Oh. Uh, as I'm running a podcast with my dad. As he very delicately moves the table with his microphone attached to it and also his iced tea. <laughs> Yeah, give me just a mic check there. Just speak regular. Regular. That's pretty good, actually. Regular. Okay. Regular. That's what you used to say. Regular. 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 What didn't I say? Shawshages? Shawshages, yeah. Nowadays, I just pick whatever pronunciation for words amuses me the most. Like, I almost don't care if it's wrong. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Frank Reviews, a father-son expedition through pop culture. I am Harrison the Sun. And I am not Harrison, the son. I am your father. Yes, the father, the son, and uh, I've got my rubber duck here, so I guess he's the Holy Spirit. So Wow. Mm. Is, You're right. I did not see that coming. No. no who would? Uh, so, <laughs> this week, um, I subjected you to the 1984 David Lynch science fiction I, space opera sounds wrong, but it is certainly a movie. Uh, Dune. 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 Please tell me all of your thoughts about Dune. 
Well, <clears throat> the acting sucked, first of all. <laughs> I mean, most of the acting sucked. Oh, God. Um, I'm, I, I, I was <clears throat> trying to think to myself, why, did, why was this movie made? I mean, I, I can't understand why. <laughs> like, I can understand making a movie. I, uh, it's from a, a guy's book, apparently, from yes. the 60s. Uh, uh, Frank <laughs> Herbert... Herbert, I don't know how he pronounced his own name, um, wrote the book in 1968. There was an attempt to make a movie as early as 1975, and then this came out in 84. Did you, uh, you read the book, right? Long, long time okay. ago, yes. Do you, do you know if the movie followed the book? The movie, it takes a lot of stuff from the book. It certainly follows the book more than the uh, than the 1975 adaptation uh, would have. And I told you a little bit about that. There's a documentary uh, called yes. Jodorowsky's Dune that it, it's a it's the greatest movie never made. And mm. like the design would have been by H.R. Geiger, the guy who direct uh, who designed the the alien and aliens. Um, Orson Welles, Salvador Dali, Rick. Jag Mick Jagger. Why did I call him Rick Jagger? Good lord, Mick Jagger. The uh, well, the, the character of Paul was going to be played by the director's twelve-year-old son. But like, it gets a this adaptation gets a lot of stuff from the books, where it's like the obviously the worms, the spice controlling the universe, um, uh, the the concept of this. Meh, the movie is about, I want to say, 65% the okay. book, with okay. a bunch of weird stuff added in. Like, weird stuff. The weirding modules, the weird sound-controlled yes. laser guns, that they were a wholesale fabrication for this movie. They were not in the book. The weirding way in the book is actually a very fancy style of knife fighting, uh -huh. of which there is a little bit in this movie. But not much. Yeah. Now, uh, uh, f for those of you that are never going to watch the movie, which I hope is oh, everyone. Please uh, watch this movie. I love this movie. It takes place about 8,000 years in the future. Ish. Yeah. <clears throat> yes. Uh, you know what? Give it. Take a decade or so. Uh, they're still fighting with knives. Mm -hmm. They still have 80s haircuts. Uh, we still have the same clothing. I, whoever uh, put put this movie together, uh, if you've ever seen Jules Verne's 20,000 Leagues Ooh, Under the Sea. Yeah, good call. And you look at the inside of the submarine and the style and the, uh, I mean, that was supposed to be, I guess, in the 1880s, 90s, or early uh -huh. 1900s. I mean, or something like that. But that's what this whole style was like. I mean, they were speaking to each other with these little microphones on rubber tubes. Um, it, it, we don't even do that now. And right. there was there was no... Uh, well, I guess in 84, um, I mean, there was no wireless and stuff, but still, yeah. it was... It was... It, had they not... Had they, <clears throat> had they said it was a uh, hundred years in the future... Uh, it would have been funny. I, 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 I think that uh, uh, Frank Herbert's original conceit, I th and I said a little bit of it to you last night, was that sometime in the future, um, I f forget why exactly, but they outlaw 
quote-unquote thinking machines. So computers as we know them do not exist. And the discovery of the spice allows them to do... It, it's it's the it's the unobtainium of this movie. They allow you it allows you to do anything depending on how it's applied. Yes, how it, convenient. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it allows you to become. It, it allows witches to be psychic. It yes. allows uh, um, uh, folding space, basically uh, uh, warp travel, um, and it also allows. Uh, the, the people with the massive eyebrows. Every time one of those guys was on screen, the eyebrows, it's... They they had these guys that, with eyebrows that look like toupees on their, above yeah, their eyeballs. Yeah, just, just unreal. One on each side. Yeah, like they just glued up two merkins to their faces. Plus, plus the regular hair. Yeah, you know, which was, was even more teased yes. out because of the, the, the whole style of the film. But... Um, ingesting the spice as a liquid allows you to become a mentat which is like a human computer so you're able to process information as if you were it's it's like it's it's the ultimate form of science fiction in that there is so much going on so you need way more than a two hour 17 minute movie to to understand any of it Okay, I yeah. mean, it had it had a lot. Of, well, um, at one point we did just we talked about THC being the spice yes. in current times, you right. know, where it allows yeah. you to do anything, and you yeah. can tra- you can travel in in time and space without moving yeah. and stuff. Yeah, hey, we've all done that, right? <laughs> you know, um, I had that experience watching The Dark Crystal a few yes. months ago. Yeah, as so. Discussed. So um, that was an interesting uh, um, comparison, um, but the um, uh, the special effects. I would think that 1984 special effects would be a little better. Well, this is this is coming the year after Return of the Jedi, which has like the best special effects in the original Star Wars movies, especially the the end space battle. You can just see the layering of all of the individually shot spaceships moving around in the same frame. It's flawless how they did it. Um, but this movie, that's actually the joke. David Lynch was actually uh, asked to direct Return of the Jedi by George Lucas. And I think, um, and I gotta look up some proper quotes about this, but I'm pretty sure the story is that Lynch smelled like blood in the water in terms of Lucas being like a very domineering, controlling, behind-the-scenes director. And David Lynch is a stickler for getting absolute final cut in everything he does. Uh, Like, which is kind of why I love him. Like, Look up interviews with David Lynch, and he is just a human cartoon character. It's phenomenal. Uh, have you watched uh, any of Twin Peaks? I think we may have seen uh, some of the episodes. Yes, it was. It's interesting. Okay, it's, it's like, um, um, not straightforward. Uh, yeah, it is interesting. Right. You know, it's it's very much as if uh, X Files, but everybody was Mulder. Yes, X, well, X Files is awesome. Well, you know, <clears throat> X Files. Yeah, you know. so we're going to do a whole other podcast about X Files okay. eventually. I think. Okay. Um, so, some some of the effects. The um, at one point, uh, aliens are attacking the, the 
I don't know, the castle or whatever it was. Well, that's also the thing. There's no, like, uh, intelligent life on other planets, as humans have discovered over the next 8,000 years. It's really just humans and then, like, the occasional weird rodent thing and worms. Okay. Giant friggin' worms. But these alien things are attacking. Right. And they're shooting their phaser laser guns or something like it looked like roman candles like right like somebody standing in the wings like blowing out roman candles some of them are going off off the wrong direction we 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 noticed it a few times during the um the the fight sequences there is like some terrific uh trampoline oh yeah where a guy will like there are parts in the fight sequences where a man will just to look at him, he will wave his hands in the air like he just doesn't care, and a man will have been springboarded over him <laughs> to make it look like the guy was throwing him. Yeah, it, it's yeah, with, with no with no contact between the two, zero yeah. contact. They, they did Phenomenal. they did a lot on those. Uh, uh, what do you call those little mini trampoline things that you exercise on? That's what I was envisioning. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, the springboard yeah. things. <laughs> a lot of those. You know, There's, something would blow up, and some, six or eight guys would. Uh, like it looked like synchronized springboarding. Right. Like there are some, sh- there are so many shots where you just imagine the man, str- the, the the stuntman striking a pose and going, ha ha. Yeah, exactly. It's, that's the exactly. mood of, but like to, to, to your point, all of the acting is terrible. I kind of love how almost every, every single person I think has the right mood for the movie. But it's the wrong mood for this movie. Everyone is so self-serious about everything. Yes. Like, if you watch certain... It's especially easy to draw this line because Patrick Stewart is in this. But if you watch certain scenes in um, uh, uh, The Next Generation, there are scenes where you can just tell, I get to act now! (laughs) But everyone is just... So self-serious and saying the most bananas things in the most serious of ways. I, I did like the—it <clears throat> took a little while to catch on, but I did like the the, the idea that they used where um, uh, a, a character would do some dialogue and then you would hear them out loud thinking. Right, yeah. You know, where, and you knew that, oh, that must be their thinking because now their mouth isn't moving. <laughs> but it sounded like a continuation of their dialogue. It really did, yeah. And it doesn't help that the scene, the, the camera would just hold on the person right. thinking. You don't see the scene continuing. Yeah. It's like he gets to step up stage a little more towards the audience and have like an aside. Yeah. Like a stage, like a yeah. middle school stage production. Of, uh, yeah, that was that was pretty interesting. And it, um, it, it, it was the typical uh, good versus evil, right? Uh, stuff and um, so many characters with so many unpronounceable names. They were just oh, they were boy. just well, we'll get to that. They were just pulling um, uh, pulling consonants out of a bag and lining them up and making names for all these uh, um, different characters. Um, I was. I had <clears throat> during the movie. I was asking you, like, where is that actor now? Where? What is this actor doing? Well, right. the one guy from uh, Star Trek. 
Uh, Patrick Stewart. Yep. Yes, he was there. He looked pretty young. Uh, I guess he was that uh, guy. If you look, if you just look at pictures of him through the ages, he has almost not aged. It's a little I'm unreal. Sh- I'm sure that's uh, one of his personal embarrassments uh, doing that <laughs> doing that film. Well, it it uh, I, I I honestly don't know what Patrick Stewart thinks of Dune. Um, but call, like, get him on a phone. Call yeah, him, call sure, him. sure, I can do that. I have that power. Yeah. Uh, but there's um, so like in terms of the made up words, this, believe it or not, uh, people were worried that this movie might be a little incomprehensible to <laughs> them theater goers. So they actually at certain theaters passed out a a, a two page handout. Okay. I don't know if it was two separate pages, it was double-sided, but I found copies of it online and it's this beautifully I'm going to spin the laptop around so you can see part. Son of a We now return to How David Lynch Stole Christmas. Hello. I got you a present. It's a thumb. <laughs> don't look away. Let the fear wash over you. I don't understand. That's the whole point. Now did you leave a plate of black coffee out for me? No. In the future, please leave a plate of black coffee out for me. Also in the past. That was an antique glass. Yeah, sure. Not anymore. All right, so you were on the... All right. Hi, welcome back, listeners. Uh, uh, That last noise you heard was me uh, smashing a a glass tumbler, appropriately named, uh, in an attempt to show my dad this really stupid thing out of history. So, as you can see... It is a very beautifully done uh, uh, flyer with the uh, um, the official font they used and visuals from the movie right on there. And it's labeled Dune Terminology. And it's in alphabetical order, and it has the pronunciation guide oh, handling there. Arrakeen, the capital of the planet Arrakis, known as Dune. Uh, Bene Gesserit, and I love this. The ancient school of mental and physical training established primarily for female students. The program has its object as breeding over generations of a person they called the Kwisatz Haderach, a term signifying the one who can be in many places at once. Specifically, the selective breeding program aimed at producing a human with mental powers permitting him to understand and use higher order dimensions, including that of prescience. And it just goes. Wait, that, wait, that's one explanation. That is one. Okay, definition. they simplified that all right. Yeah, right. And yeah. then, then down, down towards it's, the bottom of page. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Here we go. Uh, Canley, which they mentioned uh, uh, relatively early in the movie, former, bleh, formal feud or vendetta uh, under the rules of the Great Convention, originally designed to protect innocent bystanders. Uh, the Quizach Haderach. Quizats. Oh, I've been pronouncing it wrong my entire life. Fantastic. Quizats. Haderach. Uh, the one for whom the Bene Gesserit wait, and at those at whose production their selective breeding program is aimed, he will be able to bridge time and space, to be in many places at once. In a sense, a male Bene Gesserit, whose mental powers would be beyond any yet known. Which also brings me to, this movie is... Not exactly subtle in its weird sexism and homophobia. Yes. yes. <laughs> I yeah, um. That was that. You, you can pick that up. Yeah, easily, yeah. Yes. The the Baron uh, Harkonnen is like 
what I imagine the Republicans think all gay people are. <laughs> uh, yeah, and and uh, just right up front of the movie, it's like, there is a place that is terrifying to us, to women. Yes. Only a male can be more powerful than any of us. Yes. And it's like, it's, yes. uh, oh God, like there are like uh, three women with speaking roles. One of them is a villain, the other is pure love interest, and the third, as soon as she becomes pregnant, is almost immediately useless to the plot. Yes. Yeah. It well, just... they, the women were breeders or yeah, something. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it just... <clears throat> the, oh, God. The, the one female character right. I thought was <clears throat> adorable was the little tiny girl. Uh, right. She must have been five years old right. or something like that. Let me actually pull up uh, to see when she was born and uh, relative was, to when this movie came out. I was just out. wondering uh, where she is now. Uh, I think other than... Uh, um, the Star Trek guy, I think this movie may have destroyed any hopes of any careers for any of the other actors. Well, um, well uh, the, the lead... Okay, the lead went on to Desperate Housewives. And so I make my point. There you go. Um, well, Kyle McLaughlin, uh, he later went on to star in a lot of other David Lynch movies. He's the lead in Twin Peaks. He's also my favorite, and you'd actually like this. It's a sketch comedy show called Portlandia. He uh, play okay. Yeah, he plays the I mayor of Portland, and, and he is hysterical, and Mom has something to add. And um, the guy, the young kid, the handsome young kid. Kyle McLaughlin? Yeah, he was also in... Um, Oh, right. He was in the second season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Isn't he the girl's Yeah, he plays Chloe Bennett's dad. Ooh, there you go. What do you think of Sting in this movie? Not that familiar. I mean, I know who Sting is. Not that familiar, but he certainly was young and fit. And... Um, certainly a boy toy for the Baron, um, and but and, uh, he was he was an evil, na nasty, nasty kind of a guy. We I think both made the same noise when he shows up out of the steam pod wearing what I call a space thong. Yes, <laughs> yes, like wow, that is wow, wow, wow. all right, excellent. Yeah, one uh, for the one for the ladies or the gentlemen. Well, let's hey. let's be all inclusive. Yeah, here. right not. Um, so, uh, Alia, the little, gr the little creepy girl, uh, was born in 1975, uh, so she was nine, nine when this movie came out, but they, I know they filmed this movie, like, three years earlier. Yeah, okay. So she couldn't have been more than six. When I was, was going to say she five or six. Yeah. she was missing teeth in the front. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's, was, that's age five. Yeah, she was the... Uh, the creepiest tiny child. Yes. And then, like, there's one scene where her face is, like, covered in blood. Yes. She gets the last line of the movie, but how can this be? He is the Kwisatz Haderach. And it's like, oh, wow, all right, this is, they're leaning into this. Uh, but in a couple of weird ways, uh, and I'm, I was trying to pull up this phone, in a couple of weird ways, um... There's no other time we could have done this movie. 
because as I said during the film, Max von Sydow, uh, the guy who yes. played Dr. Keynes, who had that epic voice, yes. uh, he only passed away just a few days ago as of this recording on March 8th at 90 years old. Wow. And he is most notably um, the lead in The Seventh Seal. So imagine going from The Seventh Seal being the knight who plays chess against death to Dune. <laughs> he also plays, uh, and this this one I've never seen, so we should probably jump into this at some point. Uh, he was the Emperor Ming the Merciless in Flash Gordon. Oh my gosh. Which, yeah. Um, and uh, my personal favorite, he has a very small uh, part in uh, Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens. He actually has the yeah. first bit of dialogue in a new Star Wars movie for over ten years, and he's got he's got the line, "This will begin to make things right." As he gives the map to Luke Skywalker okay. to Poe Dameron, so I'm like, "Oh, oh, yes, 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 yes. more of Max von Sydow." Uh, any other thoughts? Well, because I, I am, I am. Oh no, that's right. Sorry. Uh, speaking of things that because we couldn't have covered Dune at any other time, remember a few weeks ago how you were saying how Muppets should be happy? Yes. Okay. So I follow an account on Twitter, and I'm going to try and pronounce this name correctly. It is Bruce McCorkendale, which is an excellent, excellent name. And he's been posting lately these crossovers of Muppets with famous movies. And here is the one that he posted this week. Ah. It is Oscar the Grouch riding on R top of his worm friend, riding a la worm. Dune. Yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. So uh, I don't really believe much in fate or anything like that, but the, the planet certainly aligned this week for us to cover Dune. Okay. Uh, did you have any closing thoughts about Dune? Uh, any favorite it, it, scenes? The, or? It was... The second half was... I don't know. There was something about it that made me want to keep watching it, you know, to right, see how the yeah. story developed and so forth. It, the first half of the movie <laughs> is almost entirely just people speaking in exposition. Yeah, the, um, but it it was an interesting story. That mm -hmm. the the set, the stage, the props, the 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 costumes, and everything did not match anything that you would imagine would be a thousand years in the future right um a weird reversion to like feudal yeah <clears throat> but um it was it, you know i'm glad i i'm glad we watched it but um uh it's was had a lot of amateurish features to it but you know uh i'm sure the whole concept of the book might be interesting to read the book now but um i've got a copy if you want to borrow it Okay. It's you. There are I don't even know how many books there are in the series. There are uh, too many books in the series. From what I understand, most people only ever read the first one, and then they kind of tap out because yeah. it just gets even more weirdly yeah. messianic and up its own ass. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm. I'm. Um, it'd be interesting, to like to to go uh, to a to the corner in the Comic Con where these people hang out and just like you know look at them well uh so if if you're further interested uh they did make a uh adaptation for the sci-fi channel in 2000 uh okay. which is much closer to the book 
and actually fleshes out a lot more stuff because it, it's about four plus hours long because it was split over a few nights. Okay. Uh, that's definitely worth it, although I can't really say the special effects are much better. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a sci-fi channel in the year 2000. I've been to... Uh, back in the 70s, <laughs> I've been to Grateful Dead concerts where they, where they uh, put a dish of oil over a over a projector and then pour food coloring into it and then move it around and it projects on a screen and that and that's the psychedelic image you get and that that's what made me i thought of that when i was watching the special okay, effects good. We, you, <laughs> anyone we, that's been to any movie, of these this movie triggered hippie flashbacks for you <laughs> yes yes so at least we got that going for gold us gold star is nice. Excellent. Well, uh, furthermore, just to cap it off on Dune, uh, there is a, a new adaptation of it coming out uh, later this year, and the cast list is truly insane. It was spearheaded, as far as I can tell, by uh, Dave Batista, the wrestler-turned-actor. You would know him as Drax in The Big Serious Guy. That guy from Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay. That, yeah. <laughs> this is not a dude. You are a dude. This is a man. Uh, he's like some sort of handsome space pirate. Uh, love it. But it's it's the cast list is truly insane, and it's coming out on December 18th of this year. I'm very excited. Okay. Yeah. But uh, I also wanted to talk about, uh, just because we've been talking about this a lot, uh, especially on show, uh, next week we are covering... 1933's King Kong because King Kong. this Sunday uh, Fathom Events is doing special screenings uh, and uh, you forgot despite having this conversation with me many times you will not be here no I'm traveling on Sunday I'm you traveling will, I'm, you will be visiting former I'm, guest of the show Molly I'm, your daughter my sister I'm folding with the spice and, <laughs> and traveling <laughs> Traveling to Savannah. Oh, my God. So, um, I have plans for that that I will tell you off mic, but okay. I can tell you this much. I pitched the idea to Molly, hey, wouldn't it be cool if Dad brought his microphone down with him? Um, I showed you how to record audio on your on your computer, and uh, we... Uh, we both go see the movie at the same time and record you with Molly, me with uh, uh, our upcoming guest, Max. And Molly's like, I, I had her on the phone last night. Oh, it's also her birthday today. Happy birthday, Happy Molly. Happy birthday, Molly. This is your gift. It's going to be two days late because these, these drop on Friday. Thanks for nothing, boy. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Boy, we're cheap. Yeah, cheap exactly. Ass. You're what do you? You spent plane tickets on her, so yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you're traveling during the height of coronavirus. I'm season. spicing it. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm just gonna text you gifts and quotes from Dune from okay. now on. That'll okay. be. But I had her on the phone, and her reaction to me saying that was. <sighs> <laughs> That's not how I want to spend my Sunday. <laughs> so um, you will not be seeing King Kong on Sunday, as far as I know. Apparently but not. I, I will reserve the surprise for the episode for when it drops next week. Okay. But um, for having you suffer through 
uh, Dune and the Dark Crystal. Oh, Dark Crystal. Uh, back to back. Um, more or less back to back. I thought the next movie we review after King Kong, uh, I, I thought I'd give you a little treat. Uh, you you can you can have a movie this movie as a Ooh. treat. What would you think about the next movie in the series and my favorite movie in the series, Evil Dead Two? Nice. Yes. Okay. Good choice. All right. Excellent. So either, either that or Caddyshack. I was gonna I was gonna honest <laughs> to God I was thinking about this. Um, I thought Evil Dead Two because that's like there's a few more movies. Uh, and, and shows in the franchise we can talk about. I thought I'd save Caddyshack for when I wanted to throw something truly insane at you. And yes. I'm going to tell you about it right now because it's the only thing I can think of that is truly more bonkers than Dune. Like, why did... Not how did this get made? Why, why did this did it get, get made? made? Uh, shout out to my other favorite movie podcast, How Did This Get Made? Okay. And they've actually covered this movie, Zardoz. Do you know anything about Zardoz? Uh, you just made that up. <laughs> you know what? I'm not even going to tell you anything about Zardoz. That sounds like a dish detergent or it, something. It's, oh, God. I'm going to keep you, and I'm going to try to keep you completely in the dark about Zardoz until uh, sometime, like, over the summer. Works for me. Yeah, all right. It, it is... That is... That I... It's a movie. Okay. Should it be? Probably not. It is. Um, it has been committed to film. That okay. is the best we can say. Uh, Dad, uh, do you want to take us out? Thank you for listening to our hard, wor- our hard work and our efforts. Um, tell your friends. Tell your family. Get your mom to listen to this, uh, and your dad. Uh, and uh, see what they have to say and um, go out and do something with your lives instead of sitting around listening to podcasts. I must not fear. I must not fear. I must not fear. Is the mind Fear is the little death total obliteration. I will face my fear. I will commit it to pass over me and through me. And when it has gone past, I will turn the inner eye to see its path. Where the fear has gone, there will be nothing. Only I. Only I. Only I.